are listening to The Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. Remember, if you dig what we do, please go to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. Look for our VIP tier. More on that later. We got a big show today, let me tell you. Close your eyes, imagine a world with me. Your alarm clock goes off around noon. You roll over with a groan. Thank God it's not a school day. You reach over to smack the snooze button, but your arm hits the giant 20-pound trophy on your nightstand. The trophy falls to the ground, spilling $3 million in cash that was hidden inside the golden cup. Oh yeah, you're 16 years old, and you are also now a millionaire. That is the life of Fortnite champion Kyle Giersdorf, who just won, of course, the Fortnite championship. And has caused quite a stir in both the mainstream sports world and the esports world. Um, hell, even our Sword Chomp Instagram community had a lot to say about it. So it inspired the topic of the show, where do we see esports in 10 years? Especially the really big ones, um, like the big games like Fortnite. Uh, we have a fun blend of poll topics voted on by the Sword Chomp Instagram community to discuss topics like, is Hero hurting Super Smash Brothers? What does Belle Delphine's bathwater actually taste like? <laughs> Fish knows a lot about that one. He's got some hard-hitting thoughts, let me tell you. Ninja leaving Twitch for Mixer, and our listeners losing their fire emblem, Virginity. <sighs> Hot. Uh, and, of course, we have a special guest joining us today. First, I like this. I worked on this all day. All right. First time listener, <laughs> long time caller, <Ooh>. Samuel Adams, <laughs> aka Samuel Adams Media on Instagram and of course YouTube. Um, how are you doing today? Sam? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always good to uh, talk game, to spit game, if you are in the rap game, uh, with fellow aficionados of the industry. It's always a good time. Yes, yes, aficionados. I like that. Anytime someone wants to call me an aficionado. Uh, I will accept that, yeah, uh, humbly. Um, there are two aficionados, there are three, including yourself. Fish, however, um, he's, he's still working on that title. I mm. uh, haven't <laughs> quite got there yet. What's right under aficionado? What's, he's got like uh, half the letters. He's, yeah, he's almost a there. Fish. Oh, a fish! Hey, there, there you, you go! go. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That was podcast magic, Josh. Yeah, yeah halfway there. Um, that's why we record these things. Sometimes good things happen. Uh, sometimes. Uh, but yeah, we're happy to have you. Uh, you can find everything Samuel does, of course, at Samuel Adams Media on Instagram. I'll promote it when we do the show. And of course, his YouTube page. Uh, he puts out a lot of content because he, loved doing, he loves doing it. And the content is a surprisingly high quality stuff. So I see a lot of people's stuff out there and your video quality, very good quality stuff. Um, so I don't have a problem recommending that to people. So, I appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you here. And plus, you're you're a strange uh, a strange cookie, as I might say, because you don't have a lot of time to play games, but you have a lot of time to make videos about video games. So a bit of an anomaly. Do you enjoy talking about video games more than you enjoy actually playing them? Um. <laughs> I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just like there's a lot of crunch for time because I work, you know, between fifty and sixty hours a week full time, and then I come home and I've got all of this content and stuff rolling out. So I play when I can, and I mm-hmm. keep up to date on everything happening in the gaming industry. But sometimes games slip through the cracks, and then sometimes I throw 
dozens and dozens of hours into a game in the course of a week and forego sleep. It just depends on the game, you know, and of course right now we're in kind of a lull, so I haven't really had much of a desire to play a lot of the stuff that's been coming out. Um, but come fall, it's going to be, we're getting, we're getting back into it. But, uh, yeah, I love talking about games and, um, podcasting is something I've always enjoyed. And, uh, this is really, uh, just, you know, kind of like my niche. It's what I like doing. So yeah, I like yeah. talking about games and then when I can, I play, but, uh, yeah. Good deal. Well, happy to have you. Uh, we might have to work. The name though has causing some issues. You know, Samuel Adams, I'm worried about some of the licensing things. If you start to blow up with the beer, you know, it's. I, I feel like you're walking yourself down a, a dark road there. Yeah, um, no, a lot of people have said that, and it's one of those things where it's kind of like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I see it, I got Twitch and Mixer usernames of straight-up Samuel Adams, so if you want it, come buy it from me. $25,000 a piece. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Maybe more. But, um, yeah, no, I'm just going to kind of ride the train and see where it takes me. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're just going to... We're going to worry about that when the time comes, but I am also a bit concerned. Uh, <laughs> should be fine. Well, you know, you say cross that bridge when you come to it, but if you're if you've had a couple of Samuel Adams, it's gonna be you know that it's gonna be difficult to cross that bridge. It's gonna be a little stumbly. You know, yeah, it's happens. true. Yeah, you're gonna trip all over the all mm-hmm. over the planks, and then you're just gonna uh, fall down the ravine of lawsuits. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny. Uh, Joshua Fowler also joining us here from Michigan. Uh, Josh, I was thinking about this when when I was writing the intros because the Samuel Adams thing. You being a big beer guy, I remember when we first started podcasting many years ago. You're always talking about your Samuel Adams, but I haven't heard much of that from you. Have you graduated to like bigger and better things or what's uh... No, no, I made a bigger deal of it at the time just cuz it was mostly just a timing thing when we were starting the podcast cuz we started it near the end of summer right as their their seasonal Oktoberfest oh, beer comes yeah. out, which yeah. is just the best thing they Fall. make all year. Like they make some good beers, but their Oktoberfest seasonal beer that's the one is huh? is good 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 mm-hmm. so yeah i, I okay. think that's probably i thought maybe why. you had become like you were like beer snob now and samuel adams just wasn't good enough anymore no 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 it's i've got i've got a particular favorite that that they make that mm, okay yeah. i know how that is like with the lining kugels i only drink the summer shandy so i i know what you're saying mm. you gotta find your your one um well glad to have you here josh as always, and I really, I really wrote a really bad one here for fish, and I really don't even know if I want to say this joke anymore. Um, but I'm kind of trapped. Anthony Fisher is here, uh, as you know, Samuel. He's the Filipino Johnny Depp. Uh, we call him Fish. Absolutely. Um, uh, a little bit of a legend here. I don't know why, but he is. Um, yeah, well, you take it when you get it, right? <laughs> Good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, oh, here we go. You know, I know you changed one of your podcast names to the Jam Pack Report, right? Same. Yep. What are we doing now? Uh, it's it's funny. Me and Fish had a similar show, um, by that name back in our college days, where we just tried to see how many uh objects Fish could shove into his anal cavity. Hmm. Um. We also called that the Jam Pack Report. So. Very nice. So, what was yeah. the final report? What was the final tally? <laughs> well, it, the game was over when Fish would reach orgasm. So oh. that's what <laughs> we so, did. Wear, we did wear suits, yeah. though. It was real professional. Ah, ah very nice. It was. It was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever he said but, suits, I imagined wetsuits because maybe there was like some kind of liquid involved. I don't. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to think about. You we, know, if it had taken off, we had plans. Uh, uh, it just didn't quite get there. So. Yeah, well, you can always try again. There's always plenty of time. <laughs> Fish is a natural in a wetsuit. Um, 
There's always space in my anus for that. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's always time. There's always space. That's the clip. There's we got it. We're good to go. Let's, we're good. Uh, there's always space. Uh, thanks for joining us, Fish. Um, I'll let you off easy on that one. I, of course, am General Mountain Time here. Uh, Morgan from Montana. Uh, it's been a crazy week. Uh, same. I actually, because I broke my leg, I dropped like 50 hours in a Fire Emblem over the past week and a half. Nice. Which is not healthy. I don't think to, to, to do. I mean, you've already broken the leg. What what's health at this point? Just go for it. You know what I mean? Just go all the way. It's true. It's true. It is. It is really true. And I like to harass everyone because like I'm some sort of phenom for putting 50 hours to a game. What's the last time you remember like dropping 50 hours into a game, Samuel, and just coming out of it like a coma? Just oh, being my like, God. Ugh. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when the last time that I actually dropped 50. Hours. Probably uh, the week that Apex Legends launched. Um, because I had just come back from, I think, spring break or something along those lines. It was my final semester in college. And of course, mm. when you're a senior in college, it's pretty much just like you're on the victory lap. And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I had nothing to do, no papers or anything. I would go to class for about four hours, come back home. We're putting in eight, 10 hours a day throughout the week. It was a good time. Then I got wow. really burned out on that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you never want to touch it again. So yeah, no, good. haven't played it since probably June. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually started another game and fire emblem uh part two i'm a blue lion now on hard mode so uh, i unfortunately am in a very dark hole right now but we'll talk about that <laughs> later uh it's been it's been fun though and i'm glad we could have you because there's this particular show we're gonna kind of weave the topic of the show which is the whole esports thing where do we kind of see it in 10 years yeah um in the midst of some of the topics that we have because by pure coincidence a lot of the poll topics have a nice correlation to you on a personal level. And of course we were just joking before the show started the whole ninja moving to a mixer thing from Twitch was a correlation that that's the biggest video you have on your YouTube page. If people should go check it out. Um, and you had a personal correlation there, right? So, I mean, I'll, I'll kick it off to you. Like what was your thought when you're inspired to make that video? And now with ninjas thing, um, how, how do you feel about like Ninja League? Do you think that's really going to hurt Twitch? Do you feel like it doesn't matter? What, what's your take on that? Uh, I think that the entire situation definitely impacts the entire streaming industry because I really see it as kind of like an emerging side industry next to the gaming industry. Um, it's kind of in a way like you have two parts. You have the VOD stuff on YouTube and then you have Twitch and Mixer and Facebook gaming and all these uh, other sources of live content that are really coming into their own. And so with Ninja being the number one streamer on Twitch, number one, Microsoft spent a ton of money uh, to get him to switch from Twitch to Mixer. And now that he's there, where does the situation go and it's still kind of up in the air you know will people stick around for ninja that's yet to be seen personally when it comes to will twitch actually suffer from the fact that ninja is leaving in a marginal kind of way um i don't think they're going to be by any means shutting doors cutting staff etc etc because you still have plenty of whales where you have no pun intended if you follow tim the tab man funny yeah big guy etc um but you still have plenty of whales like Tim the Tab Man, like uh, Dr. Disrespect. But the question is now, will Mixer or even other competitors like Facebook Gaming, maybe even YouTube, buy these guys out? 
Uh, and so that's kind of where the discussion's going right now, because I know Dr. Disrespect has been in talks with Mixer to see where things could go. Um, so you could very well be seeing essentially the NFL draft of streamers at this point, uh, which is pretty exciting to see. But no, I don't think Twitch is going to be uh, suffering by any stretch of the imagination just because it is so huge. Um, but yeah, very exciting times to be keeping up with this kind of thing and to be able to report on it in the way that I do. But yeah. Cool yeah, stuff. yeah. No, it's interesting because especially with people like Dr. Disrespect, a lot of people don't feel too good about him after what happened at E3. Um, so I'd be, it'd be interesting to see if Mixer actually wanted to take that on. But I was just, it was interesting because Ninja was saying he kind of wanted to get back to his roots a little bit, you know, because he's, I mean, he's probably got more money than he ever knows what to do with at this point. Absolutely. You know, he's a celebrity. Um, but he kind of wanted to get back to the roots of things, but also what he was saying, it was interesting. He said that just going to E3 for like three days, which he totally thought was worth it, doing the little tournament he did and, and just having that experience, he lost 100,000 subscribers oh, yeah. just because there's like this pressure to stream all the time. Absolutely. I mean, and and that's, that's got to kind of suck, right? Like, like you want to do what you do and he streams a lot, but like literally just not streaming for three days lost 100,000 subscribers. So like, there is this demand right now, this sort of proverbial gun to these uh, Twitch streamers' head where they're just constantly pressured because if I don't stream all the time, I'm going to lose people. And that's going to probably suck some of the enjoyment out of it. You want to work a lot, right? Because you do it. But you don't want to like feel like if you take a day or two off, that you're going to feel it that much. So. Yeah, definitely. That's and uh, I know if the other guys want to chime in, they can as well. But there's one streamer that's the biggest streamer on Facebook gaming, and he originated on Twitch, and it's Darkness429. And um, he's hugely popular on Facebook. I mean, he is really killing it over there. And they bought him out. They moved him from Twitch to Facebook. And that's whenever the platform kind of launched. But he's actually going to be a dad in a couple of months. And somebody in his chat asked if he was going to take any time off whenever the baby came. And he was like, I might take a day or two. But outside of that, we don't get, you know, any kind of paternity leave. And it's just, it's that exact kind of sentiment where it's like, you will lose money. You will lose followers. You lose momentum if you stop. It's essentially like you are on a downhill race and you have the option of putting on the brakes, but it takes more time to get started back up again. And you don't want to go through that process multiple times because it's a pain in the ass. And so, yeah, streaming is hard without a doubt. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because one of the things I like about what we do in particular is that where the streaming is sort of secondary and we do it for the the fans but we don't rely on it which i like now granted we're a smaller we do this because we love doing it anyway we don't rely on money um so it's a different kind we don't feel that level of pressure we have a patreon uh which is amazing patreon.com slash sword chomp i'm gonna go check it out um and so we we rely on that sort of a, a funding for people that want to give but i can't i can't even imagine and it sucks it's it's but Mixer does sound kind of appealing. You know what I mean? I, I think there are things I've heard about Mixer being kind of quiet. Like you said before the, the show, if you go to Mixer now, you have a better chance of getting exposure. So it's yeah. uh it's interesting. Sixty six percent of our audience uh audience, by the way, said they don't think it's a huge deal for him to leave. Um and that might be true, but I'm sure Twitch is sitting there thinking, Man, we'll be fine, but that's a lot of people that yeah. are we're gonna lose. Yeah, for so. sure. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. I wonder if Mixer is going to start. I I had this premonition. I, we talk about this in the past where now Mixer on the rise a little bit and all these different apps. Like when me and my wife sit down to watch TV, we literally go through Amazon Prime, uh, Netflix. Uh, we go through Hulu. 
HBO Now, and I'm watching shit on all these. Like, legitimately, I have sh- like a show or two on every one of these fucking apps, right? So I can't get rid of them, and it's annoying because I don't want, like, I support people what they're doing, but I don't want to have to boot up seven streaming apps to watch seven people I follow. So at some point, like, I just feel like it's going to cannibalize itself because it's too much, you know? It's yeah. too much. Yeah, there's definitely the potential for that. I think that um, Professor Broman, a streamer on Twitch, he's partnered and he does a lot of the same kind of discussion where you do talk about how the industry is changing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, He said it pretty much the way that I would say it. Everything's going to turn into a network where if you want to watch, you know, a specific sports game, you'll tune into ABC, NBC Sports, ESPN, whatever it might be. You've got to tune into these specific locations to find who you want to watch. And if you want to watch Ninja on Mixer, you're going to have to go watch him on Mixer. If you want to watch Respect on Twitch, you got to yeah. watch it. You know, that's how it's going to be. That's the reality of our world. And I think that <clears throat> it's unfortunate because some people are just gonna be like, all right, well, I only have time to watch a couple of these people. So. Josh, yeah, I was curious how you felt about this because um, with the rise of this whole esports thing and, you know, this Fortnite champion, I saw a Jimmy Fallon video the other day uh, where they had the Fortnite champion on there. And when I posted about it, he made like $3 million winning the Fortnite Cup. Uh, there was a comparison shot I used and was showing how much Tiger Woods made at the Masters um, and how much um, uh, Djokovic made at the, the Joker, as for people that follow tennis, how much he made at Wimbledon. And he he made more. The Fortnite champion made more. So, like, what is your thought? Like, where as far as the topic of the show, esports in ten years, how do you feel about it growing and and this whole situation? Uh, that's a it's a really iffy question at the moment. Uh, as far as the viewership numbers, it's 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 on the rise. Like, I definitely see it sticking around, becoming much bigger. The the major issue currently is uh what sort of stars we're gonna have in the field Uh because the three million dollars yeah that's really cool uh everyone else made zero um not not exactly but more or less it's not the sort of thing where you make any money unless you are the top of the top um the top 10 kind of a thing yeah yeah yeah. and that's and it's going to be a hard thing for people to want to keep getting into uh unless there's something there that makes it a little bit more promising as a longer term career um, yeah yeah and i i don't know how that happens it feels more really, like a flash but, in the pan kind of a thing yeah, yeah it's yeah. it seems like the careers are so short because of the way the sports work like a new game comes out like there'll be some carryover from one game to another, but a lot of times, well, it's yeah, it'd be like all of a sudden basketball doesn't exist. You're now playing basketball too. Okay, what's different about that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, do, do, yeah. does is anyone good at basketball too who is good at the original basketball? And that's not always a sure thing. And I can the, the reason other sports have become so popular is because they have consistency like yeah you, you yeah. have these different franchises that people get attached to and can you know follow people and have these stories to uh you know kind of see you know the rise and fall of these different teams and stuff um and that happens so fast in esports and goes away just as quickly that yeah that i, I don't know if I, I don't know how we're gonna get any sort of long-term you know commitment 
to it the way you get for so many other sports. So I, th- I think yeah. that's going to be the major challenge to to overcome as it as it keeps growing. Yeah, and like you were saying, uh, I was thinking about that exactly what you said, Josh. A lot, a tradition too. A lot of these mm-hmm. sports have tradition that people have followed, like especially in, in America. And the NFL is the biggest sport here in America because it has been a tradition here for so long. And the rest of the world, it's football or soccer, obviously, right? Because that's the tradition that those kids grew up with. When I grew up with, uh, it was, you know, people like Joe Montana and stuff, being a little kid, it's a whole different realm of tradition here in America, right? And that's kind of what you grow up with. It's a cultural thing. There's a lot of different elements there. Fish, you, it's a true story. You had to put your your destiny to pro career on hold, um, you know, for, of course, uh, having a child and, and your job. And yeah. you know, it's been tough. Damn um, families, yeah. Children always ruining, you know my aspirations of wanting to be a pro gamer and be on the big stage and, you know, have my name in lights, but you were, you were on your way. You really were. Um, mm-hmm. I thought one day I was going to see fish sticks one, one five up in the lights. So that's another thing. It's funny about these, these pro gamers when they hit it, it's like their silly ass screen name that they made. It becomes like their thing. It's like, and it's just, that shit just cracked me up. That, mm-hmm. You don't, you don't see that. Anyway, I like fish, that though. You do. It, okay. it, it's it's yeah. It's uh, if you're going by the real name, it's just like you know, any sports out there. Like it has to be. There has to be something unique and like unique to gaming. Like screen names is something that you know everybody has. So I, That's I like true. the fact that it, they keep it, that. It's just that some of them are so weird. Like Bulgad seven seven four. It's like I'm, how are you gonna yeah. remember that? You know, it's just it's odd. It's odd. Like the Fort, mm. the Fortnite champion. Do you guys know his? Is uh screen name offhand? Booga. Booga. There you go. Well, I yep. guess that one's kind of memorable. Yeah. I, I, I kept forgetting it, but it was something weird. It's still funny, though, just because, like, you know, at the end of it, it's like, and there you have it. Booga is Booga. your chair. It's like, wait, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> yeah, at least athletes, someone gives them a nickname. You know what I mean? The claw yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's just, it was just, yeah, it's one of those things. Booga. Um, but. It's it's weird. Remember Fatality? Remember that was a whole growing up with Fatality being that was when Unreal was, and that was weird because I was, uh, God, eighth grade or whatever, and I remember hearing about Fatality on like MTV and stuff, and pro gaming was still in its infancy at the yeah. time too. So I guess you could make a case that it's come a long way. Um, oh, it's absolutely come a long way. But yeah, Fish, where do you? What are the? Do you, what's your take on this whole esports thing? I mean, do you have, do you feel really passionate about it? Um, do you follow, like... No, I don't really follow esports that much, but every once in a while, like, I'll catch something, like, I remember watching, uh, CSGO, uh, gaming, uh, championship. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was, it was something big. It was, like, it was worldwide where it was, like, Brazilians versus, like, uh, other countries but uh, the brazilian team um was doing real well and uh made it all the way to the finals and i caught some of it but uh, the lure of esports for me um is seeing you know gaming at like its peak like what kind of strategies these people employ in these games that you know that i've played before but don't play to their level and seeing how quickly they can pull off headshots and stuff like that kind of amazes me as a gamer and it's always fun as a gamer to kind of see that type of stuff what is capable in those games um and it's always nice to kind of like look at those games and kind of admire the fact that 
you know, these games are made by these developers, and then these players just take this community just takes that game and just like hoist it up above them and like say, hey, this is a game that we all want to, you know, challenge each other in and you know have tournaments kind of like in Smash Bros, like where that's like the ultimate you know fighting game, at least at least for me, and and it's also very accessible and fun. So um, seeing people you know. Uh, competitively is fun, you know, in these esports. But as far as like longevity down the road, like I, I'm unsure, like how exactly that's gonna work out. Other than like getting everybody kind of feel like they're part of it, I guess, um, in some capacity. I, I know here in the uh, DFW area here in Texas, they. Uh, they have multiple uh, arenas or stadiums, gaming stadiums that the, these people have invested in and built up and they're just filled with computers and um, stations where you can plug up your PS4 or any consoles like that. And like these are really big like uh, facilities, you know, just to house, you know, uh, esports. So, I mean, it, it seems like the, these people are putting a lot of stock into it and um, but by going by the trend of it, like it just seems like it's going up and up and up. Like I'm curious to see where exactly it's going to end up if it's going to become like this big thing and overtake, you know, natural sports. But natural sports, I like. That's <laughs> <laughs> a strange, strange terminology there. That is <laughs> nothing more unnatural than video games. <laughs> unnatural well, fingers. Bits. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that fish because I, I mean, I know following a lot of the Evo stuff that happened just recently, Evo has grown so much. Like even just like the stadiums that they put it in is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's a very specific kind of event because Evo is based around fighting games, right? So right. the fighting games can change, and that event will still grow. You know, and that's. Yeah. A really cool thing, but I think it's all. It, people ask me this all the all the time because this is sort of a meshing of my two. I, I'm a really big sports addict. I listen to a lot of sports podcasts, uh, and video games is like my number one nerdy passion, obviously. Um, and I think that it's always going to kind of exist on uh, the periphery. So, like for example, something like the Fortnite tournament got three million dollars, right? It did more than the Masters. I saw a golf tournament the other, last week. That no one had ever heard of. Some I don't even remember the fucking name of it, and I follow golf, okay? The prize winnings for this tournament with a bunch of no-name golfers was a million and a half dollars. Because that event could sustain that sort of a, a prize winning, right? And so each event finds a way to sustain. So people see that $3 million and they go crazy with it. But that makes perfect sense if you think about how big Fortnite is, right? But that's... The winner of Super Smash Brothers is not getting $3 million. The winner of Mortal Kombat, um, Sonic Fox, is not taking home $3 million. It's, it's you know, completely relative to the size of that game, and I think that's how it'll be from now to the end of time. I think esports has already become more accepted at a good place, and I say that because I see esports stuff on the front page of ESPN. It's not always at the top, but when I go to ESPN.com, I scroll down a couple of chapters, Esports are right there. The Fortnite champion was right there. I've seen Dota stuff there. Like, and that's about, I think, the best they could really hope for. It's, it's a separate thing. It's electronic sports for a reason. If you think about sports by nature, right, 
We want as little technology involved in our sports as possible, which is the opposite, generally speaking, of what makes esports great. Because other than instant replay, which people still generally bitch about in the sports scene, and our super nice TVs that we watch these people murder each other on in football, um, technology, you want the, the purest and best sports out there, as Fish would call them, natural sports. <laughs> Very little technology is involved, right? It's, it's the bare essence. A human being and a ball. You know what I mean? And a net or whatever. So esports being what such a, a different... What? A net? Yeah. yeah. A net, yes. Um, a, net, <laughs> a net is in every sport. Um, a, a puck, <laughs> if you will. Um, hey, what did a net do? God damn it. <laughs> threw me off there. So the, the whole idea behind esports is weird for people because even though there's incredibly talented uh, individuals, and being that good at anything in life is incredibly cool and rare, it's based upon technology. They're moving digital characters. There's code behind what they're doing, right? And there's this weird level of technology between the human beings that does not exist in natural sports. So I think because of that, it's always going to be on the periphery. And that's okay. I think it's in a good place right now. It's on, like I said, I see it on ESPN. Um, I think certain sports will go up and down. It's hard for me to imagine. Uh, this is the truth. I don't think it'll get any bigger than what Fortnite did, right? If you think about that, do you think there'll ever be an esports event that's going to generate more than $3 million? Uh, I mean, as far as like yeah. the first place goes, I know that the next Fortnite tournament's ha- got $10 million on the line. So. But, that, but that's divvied up between all yeah. of the... Yeah, yeah, the com- yeah. I mean, like for a prize winning. Like, yeah. that's about, I think, where the barometer's at. And if you think about something like golf or Tiger Woods one night, right? Golf is its huge thing, but it's still a periphery sport. Golf is nowhere near basketball and baseball and football. Golf is one of those weird things where most people, when I tell them I enjoy playing and watching golf, they look at me like I'm a crazy person, right? Um, in the same way that if I told them I enjoyed watching Overwatch, they'd probably look at me like I was a crazy person. It's, it's, there are these side sports that are still huge because they can self-sustain themselves um, because these golf tournaments that you've never heard of Everyone who goes to that country club is paying a certain amount of money. And um, the television contract they have uh, for their local market or whatever, on top of the patrons that are going to pay to see it, like they are able to give out that million dollar prize package. So uh, I just think it's, there's a lot of factors there for people to consider. But I think esports, right where it's at now, is a nice, good level. And I think it'll probably hover there. Because what's after Fortnite, right? Fortnite won't be around forever. I mean, I'm sure no. we've. It's survived a lot longer than we thought it would. Like Apex Legends, you were joking about that, the binge you had. People thought that was going to be the one. They thought that was going to, yeah. you know, take it down, and it didn't quite happen. Um, so I could see Fortnite being a huge thing for another couple of years or so, and, and then still being a thing. Like, oh, like yeah. Smash Brothers, right, Josh? Like Smash, I didn't know Smash was a thing, but it grows and grows, and it's always still a thing. And the problem is mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't really fully throw their support behind the competitive scene which is kind of irritating because i think smash is the best it's my personal favorite fighting game if nintendo would just fucking support the goddamn thing competitively but they but they don't want that look they don't like the they treat it super seriously behind the scenes you know what i mean like the way they tweak it the way they tune it and they're aware of the scene but they like to think of it as a party game and they don't want to ruin the part you know 
They're a family company. They try and they try and look as family friendly as possible. That's their shtick, you know. Like that's that's what separates them from something like Sony or Microsoft. Nintendo is what you go to if you want a family friendly experience. Yeah, yeah. So, but yet they kind of support Splatoon in in esports scene, which is kind of weird because e- there's like a a, a decent sized Splatoon esports scene that yeah. they seem to be backing to a degree. And it's like, well, what the hell? Why is Splatoon okay? Like, Smash is your thing, man. Smash could be on that level because everyone that you talk to knows who Pikachu is and Zelda is and all these people. They could tune in and watch it. So it's it's weird. I, that's just a random tangent. I just think that's weird. Hmm. But like Fish was saying, whenever I go to watch Smash, I don't know if you ever watched like any super high-end Smash stuff, Samuel, but oh, yeah. like... It's I enjoy it, but I to some degree it's like almost too good. It's like I'm like these people don't play like I do. These people don't play like yeah. me. And my friends do. Like what the oh, hell yeah, is happening? It's and I mean it's the same thing with Fortnite, where it's like you know I haven't played Fortnite probably since December of last year on a regular basis, and yeah. like I'll dive into it every now and again. I'll be like, well, this game has changed completely. And if I'm playing with somebody, you know, like I'll build, I'll edit a wall, you know, I'll get a couple of good kills in, might get a victory sometimes here and there. And then I see like you know Booga and all these people at the Fortnite World Champion. I'm like, how do you even keep up with this shit? Like you're like building towers and then you're like taking them down he's and then you're... 16 and that's all he does all yeah, day. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, it blows my mind. How do you even, how do you literally keep up with that? As far, I, I just don't get it. And so, yeah, I totally get what you're saying there with smash where it's just like, they are competing at a level in which I am never going to qualify for. And I, yeah, 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 I respect yeah. it, but I just could never follow it. I, I, the, the thing I love about the Fortnite champion is that he looks like, what I imagined a kid who plays Fortnite looks like. Yep. Like, and this is not like a <laughs> negative thing on him. Booga looks like this a 16-year-old kid without a hair on his face that I'd see at Taco Bell playing Fortnite. Well, that's a little unfair because he's probably playing on console and he's very good. But he looks like what I imagine the generic 2019 Fortnite teenager looks like. And that's kind of great, I think, in a weird way. Like, you know when he was on Jimmy Fallon's show and they asked him what the name of his, like, click he played with was? He was like, oh, we're called Sentinels. And I was like, God, that's the name of a of a clan I would have made when I was 16 years old. Oh, absolutely. Sentinels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this fucking makes me laugh. You know? Yeah, I've got a friend with a Discord server called Weeb Country. And I was like, just imagine being on Jimmy Fallon. It's like, so what's the name of your little click? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're a, we're a Weeb Country. Oh, okay. Oh, All right, yeah. God. Yeah, they, it, it could have been great. It really could. Like, that's the whole esports thing. And even, but there is still, and this is another interesting element of the conversation that I saw on our Instagram page, there is still a little bit of this element where people look at video games and electronic sports as kind of a joke. And I, I think that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, and, and that's always probably going to be there to a degree. I mean, I, like, I know people like to think it's becoming more normalized than it is, and then maybe that'll change. That'll never go away. There's always going to be people that look at, they don't realize what's going on, and they're like, oh, a 16-year-old kid playing a video game won $3 million. That's dumb. Why doesn't you go get a real job? You know what I mean? That's, that's always going to be there. And that's, that's unfortunate because yeah. it's, it's insane, you know, like how talented these um, people are, you know, yeah. at video games. Josh, how do you feel about the over? Because Josh is like the one of us who, so as far as dabbling into the stuff we get into, Samuel, Josh is a big Overwatch guy. 
Oh, cool. And um, but do you dabble in the the watch at all? Or it's one of those things where it's kind of like any esport or even sport to some degree, where like I appreciate the the art and the strategy and the planning that goes into it. I don't keep up with Overwatch. I know that they just added like a new legend or whatever they're called in that specific game. You know, you got heroes and legends and myths and all this shit. Yeah. Uh, but like, I know there's tons of updates and stuff. So I keep up with it on kind of like a touch and go basis. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, and same, same here. That's what I do. Like, but Josh went down the hole. Like Josh, the Overwatch competitive scene, um, Josh is the only person I know that like follows the Overwatch Owl League. That's what they call yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me because he gets really into actually watching. And, and the thing that's interesting to me about that is it's kind of hard for me. Like when I watch, if I, the little bit of Owl that I've watched, I had trouble even kind of telling what was going on and I play Overwatch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overwatch so, is, is one of the harder ones to, to spectate just because there's, mm-hmm. there's so much information. It's, it's kind of like a MOBA in that sense. There, there's there's less information than a MOBA because you're not worrying about like you know 120 characters or something like that, uh, but it's played as a at a shooter's pace, so it it's still like mind-boggling sometimes being able to process what's going on on screen unless you're a little more intimately involved in the game itself. Whereas where some some of the more straightforward ones like uh, um. CS:GO or something. You can you can look at that and tell what's happening a whole lot more easily just kind of dropping in. Um but yeah, spectate like especially with Fortnite too, you can yeah. probably just watch one person and pretty easily tell what's going on. Fortnite's um, another one that it's so personal. Like you never really Yeah, like spectating that one as well until the building. Once they start building, well, yeah, like, well, like I, the final stage. Trouble. The final stage, it's yeah. it's pretty easy to kind of jump around. But until that point, like the 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 guys you have in charge of spectating that have to be just almost as good as the play, people actually playing in it to be able to understand yes. where the action's going to be with that many. You mean people. the commentator? Yeah, the commentators. Well, yeah, no, yeah. the spectators. Because I mean, the commentators, yeah, have to explain what they're looking at, but they're not going around finding. The the well, fights and stuff. They've got a whole other team there just finding yeah. stuff for you to look at. Um, well, that's what I wonder because the fort. I was looking at the numbers and it was like one of. The, I think it was the most watched event on Twitch history. The the Fortnite championship, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. But like, I wonder how people viewed that. Like, would they just go to their favorite person and just? I assume just watch their point of view, kind of a thing. Or how? Um, I wonder how that. I don't work. I don't know one way or another, so I don't want to sound completely wrong on this, but I wouldn't imagine they'd allow any of the competitors to stream what was going on there, because that's that's just too many different points of oh yeah, yeah I see what information you're I guess that I mean, could be like, getting out there. Like I assume yeah. there was a stream for it that just was one, put on by the, the event organizers. Yeah, we don't have to get into that because I don't know. The but details. I, I, I just don't, think that's I don't know for a fact that that's how it was done. Yeah, yeah, um, I don't either. It's weird. It's weird. Um, well, quick question. If you could go around, let's go around the table here. This is a true, because I was just thinking about this for fun. If Samuel, if you think about your entire life as a gamer, competitively, if someone said this game is the best game you were ever at competitively, like you could sit in a room of friends and be like, I think if we play this game, I got a good chance to win. Yep. It would be... Uh, the next Tetris on the PlayStation 1. 
Really? Yes, I what? was wow. a god at the next wow. Tetris. As a matter of fact, out of every game that's ever been released, Tetris is my favorite game of all time. It's the game that I'm the best at. Whenever Tetris 99 came out, I wanted to buy a Switch, and it took everything I had in me to not. I fucking <laughs> love Tetris. Well, you should have bought yeah. a Switch because the Switch is great. I'm thinking about um, getting but... the Switch Lite. I'm thinking about getting the yeah, Switch Lite. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tetris but yeah, 99 is fun too. I, I think uh... you'll, I think you'll dig it once. Yeah. Once uh, you get a chance. Oh, and the whole thing is like I work overnights and there isn't too much that happens on my shift and it's just like, son of mm. a bitch, I want some Tetris in my life. <laughs> like, let's uh, go, baby. Let me tell you about anime Game of Thrones. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> um, uh, Let me tell you about Fire Emblem. No, I think you dig it, dude, because you love Battle Royale and yep. you love Tetris. Oh, Even yeah. Fish got into Tetris 99 and I don't consider Fish a uh, Tetris guy, but, you know, I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I, Fish con- confounds me often. I don't know what kind yeah. of I well, I did have I did have Tetris on the Game Boy, so oh yeah, it's a good good iteration yeah. as well. <laughs> Tetris, oh, yeah. man, mm-hmm. you got me on that one. That's cool. Yeah, it was like yeah, the okay. first system that was my own. Was was a Game Boy back then? Like, yeah. I, I, we had a computer in the house that I used to play a bunch of old PC games on and stuff like that. But the first one that I was actually my console was a Game Boy with Tetris, yeah. and then with uh, Breakout. Uh, like the, little, the little pong brick breaking yeah. deal. So, yeah, I used to love I, me I some played the hell too. out of those whenever I was a wee one. There. Yeah, sure. So, well, see, the tricky thing though, Samuel, is that that Tetris game was like one v one, right? Uh, yeah, essentially. I mean, the next Tetris back in the day was pretty much one v one. But I mean, you had Tetris championships that were going all the way back to the late nineties, where you just had people that were just set up at the exact same time. And then mm-hmm. whoever lasts the longest oh, is who, yeah. who gets it. Well, I, so. I think the idea of a 1v1 Tetris match against like Josh and Fish or whatever sounds fun. Yeah. But like the thing I don't like about Tetris 99 is that there's too many people just doing shit to me. Yeah. And, I, and I hate that. It, there, I don't, there's I like, a weird strategy layer there as far as how you uh, attack other people in the game. It, 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 that, that was a really strange thing to kind of get a hold of because they've had 1v1 Tetris stuff for a long time, like like you were saying, yeah, yeah, uh, since the PS One at least, um, and they kind of adapted that as in, in order to let you send those trash blocks to whoever you wanted, and it, it's a really <laughs> strange. It's 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 weird. It's it's a tough. It's game just to a play. little too random yeah. for me, but maybe I don't know enough about it. But I I like the idea of doing a one on one Tetris thing because it's mm-hmm. just like a match of wits against one other person. You know what I mean? I, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sounds. Did you did you get you are you PS4 Xbox guy? What are you? Uh, I play primarily on PlayStation Four, uh, uh-huh. and then I also do a lot of stuff on PC as well. And that's pretty much my main two uh, forms of gaming content. Okay, so you heard it here first. Samuel Adams, he hates Xbox. Microsoft is trash. I've had two Xbox Ones. And actually, no, I've had three Xbox Ones. I'm sorry. And every time, within a week, I'm like, I've made a huge mistake. There's mm. just... Yeah, like, oh. there's, there's nothing to play here for me because everything no. that I play is on PS4 too. And so it's just like, mm. imme- immediately, I'm like, I need to get rid of this thing before it depreciates in value. And then I just push it out the door. But yeah. Well... <laughs> That's terrible. I, I I I get it, dude. True story. I me and Fish bought Xboxes for Christmas like four years ago or something like that. It was a while ago, uh, before they had the ones. And like the next day, I am I literally went to Craigslist and I sold it. I was like, yep. what have I? And Fish was yep. so mad at me because I coerced him into to buying it, and then his wife wouldn't let him sell it, which really pissed me off because she wouldn't <laughs> let him sell it. 
and I was just like, dude, just get rid of it now. You'll lose like 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. You know, if, but I will say now, I actually, I, I turned around, Samuel, whenever a Game Pass became a thing. Yeah. Um, I got really into, see, look, people are on PC, I get it. You have a lot of your bases covered there. Yeah. Um, but like for me, who doesn't, I don't have a really high quality PC. When, when Game Pass came around, I got a 1X, and the 1X, like, games like Red Dead, I saw them by comparison, look so good on my 1X, and like, uh, and then they brought you know a lot of games I enjoyed to the Xbox finally, and then Game Pass. I played CFDs with Josh and Fish for ten bucks a month for God knows how long. So like Xbox really, I'm not trying to get you to buy. I'm just saying no, they no. are in a good place at this point. I mean, if you were gonna get one, you'd probably wait until the Scarlet or whatever, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I've thought. I mean, with Game Pass and with um, I think it's Xbox. I think it's Game Pass Ultimate that comes bundled with Xbox Live now for fifteen bucks a month or something yeah. like that. If you just want to go out and buy a console and you want to pay a low monthly fee to get access to a ton of games on top of multiplayer functionality, then absolutely Xbox is the way to go. And the next generation is going to be defined by Project Scarlet. It's going to be nuts. Like as somebody who owns a PS4 Pro on day one, when it comes down to it between PS5 and Project Scarlet, I'm totally going on the Xbox side just Mm. because the value there is unmatched. It's insane. We heard it here first, Samuel Adams. Next generation PS5 yeah. is trash. Uh, he's jumping <laughs> ship. Whoa, now. Whoa now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's jumped the ship. No, I, I'm curious because they, yeah, they have. Game Pass has changed. Like uh, Outer Worlds, we were joking about the Outer Worlds, yeah. you'll be able to get for nine bucks if you pick up Game Pass. Uh, Gears 5, if you're curious about that, you'll be able to play that for nine bucks, you know what I mean, among other things that are on there. So it's, it's awesome. But they get their money back, trust me, Samuel, because I signed up for it, and then I forget to unsign. I forget to yeah, cancel it. That's how it is, man. So, that's how they get you. Yep. Uh, anyways, tangential stuff aside, this fish. Uh, the best competitive game in your entire life would be. Hmm. Um. It's hard for me to kind of pinpoint a game. Come that... on, pinpoint it. Top of your head. What was the first game that uh, came in your head? Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking about a game that like I'm really great at, but not necessarily that many people play. So that way, you know, I kind of have an edge on them. Um, oh, it's like in the Land of the Blind, the One Eye Man is King kind of a thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, probably a Sim Tower. What the fuck? <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? Are you having a stroke? Oh what is going no, on? No, no. A Sim Tower, like that game was so. There's so much micromanagement in that game. And there, to me, like I found so many efficiencies as a kid, like finding efficiencies in a video game. Oh wait, wait, like, wait stop! Let me stop you, fish. Uh, fish and Oh god. Sorry, all right, I had to nice, do it. Nice, oh, he isn't a nice. fish, Leonardo. Sorry. Oh god, it's uh, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got my brain on that track now, so I'm broken. Uh, mm. Fish, if I could pause you for a second again, I feel like an asshole. Has anyone else here mm-hmm. heard of Sim Tower? Because I've never even heard of it before. No, have not. <laughs> no one's even it's, heard uh, of it. It's, uh, oh, it's, it's made by the people who made, you know, SimCity. I was going to say, is it actually like, so is it like you run an apartment complex or? Uh, no, you actually build a tower and like you can, you, so you can build, you, the oh, thing no, that you manage Trump there. Thing. You're Trump Towers. God damn it. I see what you're <laughs> It's not a Trump <laughs> Tower. It does have like a ballroom and stuff, and, but you can only place it at like certain levels and like you have to have certain things like a, a sky lobby or something well, like that. Well, what's the competitive um, side of a game like that, though? 
uh, getting to five stars, having a five star tower, that's the ultimate goal. Wait, are, are, is it against other people? I'm, I'm confused. You don't play against other people, but I feel like you I'm sure. I'm sure if you mm. both booted, <laughs> I so did. Is the tower like a hotel? Is it a hotel? Is that what it is? is... You can make it into a hotel. Oh you can what do you mean you can make it into? What do you mean you could like your little tower can be like? Don't Bob Ross me on this shit. What do you do with the tower? <laughs> like you can be whatever you want to know. What kind of tower is this shit, man? Uh, is it really okay? Any well, kind of you start you? out with a certain amount of stuff that you could build. You could build restaurants or offices or uh, apartments or a hotel. Um, and depending on which way you want to go, it, it defines kind of it branches out, opens up different. Uh, uh, selections for you as far as like what you can actually put into your tower and like as as you progress and get more stars in the game new options unlock for you where you can eventually start building like uh parking garages to uh el- kind of alleviate you know people complaining about oh there's not enough parking spaces here and like it just it just so it's builds roller coaster up the tycoon but with a tower basically so yes who yeah. are you competing against someone else who boots up the game and you both say go <laughs> yeah i mean it could work like you, tetris okay. where it's like the first yeah. one to five stars gets the the win well does it have like mm-hmm. an online like comparison ranking thing or uh no this was back in like 94 so who were you competing against myself mm. <laughs> God damn it, fish! You totally just. Well, this is all a hypothetical. This is mm-hmm. this is all just like, what game are you kicking ass at? Even so, if even if the person you're kicking's like, even if the person who is getting their ass kicked <laughs> is hypothetical, like this isn't real. Let's let's back this up. I asked Fish what the best competitive game is of his life, and he chose a game where you compete against nobody to build a tower. Yourself. Yeah. So yeah, you were good exactly. at kicking your own ass. Is is I. Hmm. I, I did get frustrated with myself sometimes <laughs> when those tenants would get mad and be like, oh, these rooms are dirty. And I'll be like, oh, oh shit, God. I should have hired more maids in there. Imagine the commentary oh, behind that where he's like, yep, here comes Fish, just made a ballroom. And oh, no, he's down to three stars because the ballroom didn't have enough amenities. Uh, I think you got you to write the good voice for that, Daniel. I think you have a career in that. Yeah, um, yeah, professional Sims tower casting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the funny thing about that is sometimes I learn something about fish. I've known in my, like, we've been best friends since we were like 16. I've never heard that story ever. So, it's so random. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. Can I use Guitar Hero as an answer? Because I felt like when Guitar Hero was the that thing. That one actually had competitive, though. That's what's. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. I like, know. if. Because I was cheating because I played real guitar pretty, pretty decently. So, like, I was the guy at the party who was like way too good at Guitar Hero and would probably look like a dumbass because I was like getting way too into it. But there was a period where you could have attractive women come to your party and you could play Guitar Hero or men, whatever you're into, I don't care. And and you could actually look cool being good at Guitar Hero. There was a brief moment in time where that happened. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And then it evaporated. But yeah, I, w- I could demolish anyone in that game. Uh, Josh, what about you? <sighs> minesweeper? I can play some mean Minesweeper. <laughs> <Since we're... laughs> nice. nice. Solitaire. God, he's killed Solitaire, <laughs> yeah, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, 
That's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, Me and Josh Chase. have some pretty. Was... I we have some pretty epic uh, Smash Brothers battles though. Uh, now that I've gotten competent at, like me and Josh will play, and we'll. It's probably sixty forty. He probably still wins most of them, but they're they're good matches, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need to play that some more. It's been a few months do. since we've actually gotten together and played any of that <laughs> fish there as well. Yeah, fish is still scarred from all the Ganondorf, mm. all the dwarfish. <laughs> yeah, destroyed him. Um. That that's that. <laughs> I want to get to a couple. <laughs> there's a couple other topics that blend well into this. Um, but there's some uh, some feedback that we got from listeners they want to get to as well. So I think we touched all those bases. Fish, of course, never disappoint. My God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you. I'm trying. I was trying to think in my head games that I remember playing against Fish that he was really good at competitively. There had to, when, when you got in your Call of Duty. While I pull these up, Fish in your Call of Duty days, were you pretty good? Were you okay? Uh, yeah, the first Modern Warfare, like, I felt like, like, I owned all the noobs in that game, but, um, I don't know, I, I don't know if I would say, like, I had a competitive edge over somebody, because there would always be, you know, that someone who's just, like, fucking pulls out 50 kills, you know, and, like, no deaths in a match, and you're just like, okay, I'm not on their level, apparently. Do you feel like your personality um, makes it difficult for you to be better at competitive games because you're so easygoing, you know? Um, um, like, because you, you kind of have to have a ruthless, like, sort of competitive fire. Or something. Yeah. That's not an insult. I mean, like, you're obviously a very easygoing Well, human. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, playing uh, fighting games with somebody next to you, like eventually like you don't want to show your frustration so you're just like sitting there you know kind of seething away and but at, at the end of the day like the other player's just like man i'm fucking beating the shit out of you and, <laughs> and you got nothing to say about it and you just it gotta got, eat yeah, it yeah mm -hmm. it just sucks yeah just gotta eat eat those <laughs> just gotta eat eat those towers um, all right, so a couple of the responses that we got for the topic of the week. Every Thursday, generally, I'll post the topic of the show, and I'll grab just a couple responses um, from people that, um, I'll leave the topic of the show on our Instagram story, so you go to at swordchomp on Instagram, and this week, of course, is where they see esports in 10 years. Danny P518 said, same as every other industry, revenue drives the spread and the reach, TV deals will be next. Now, that would be interesting to see. Esports get more of a primetime booking on the big sports channels. Like I told you guys, I see more of it on ESPN.com and stuff, which is good. But yeah, mm. to turn ESPN at like 7 o'clock at night and see more uh, esports would be... That would be a weird thing. A good weird. Good weird. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think it's getting there. Um, like From what I saw, like this, the, this most recent season of Overwatch League, they actually got TV deals with three or four stations uh, for their weekend matches. And from what I was hearing, the, the numbers were actually fairly decent. So I think it could be something more people are looking into going forward since they've seen that it's, you know, actually, actually going to make them some money. So... Yeah, I know back before uh, TBS rebranded to Freeform, they um they had signed a deal with the uh, competitive CSGO league, whatever that's called. I'm not sure what the official term is for it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember watching, this was whenever Battlefield 1 was at its peak, because I remember playing a lot of Battlefield 1 at this time. Uh, but I 
was up until like 11 30 12 o'clock whatever it might have been and i went in just to unwind with some tv turn it on tbs and i was like damn it's competitive CSGO, and it was just strange to see it on mm-hmm. TBS at a reasonable time that is comparable to primetime. I mean, it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, more and more of those deals are going down, so probably going to be growing in the next few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. My cat came in my room and attacked me. We can it's leave that good. in. That was funny. <laughs> my cat actually jumped right on my shit. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... I agree 100%, and that would be cool to see. Um... Let's see. Daniel of DC said mostly ignored, but more accepted. Um, that's weird to say. <laughs> accepted yet more. I know what he's saying though. It's the doubters will always be there, as we talked about earlier. Troy to go said esports are great, and they just need more time to grow. Um, although I feel like I've been hearing that kind of forever, and that's what I always tell people. I'm like, look, esports could grow a little bit, but I think they're in a good place. Like we live in a world with so much coverage, like. Everywhere you go, you can get social media coverage of whatever event you want that it's hard for me to, other than the TV deals we talk about. And here's the crazy thing about TV, right? You were talking about the TBS thing you you stumbled across, Samuel, but most people don't even have traditional TV anymore. So the idea that I could turn on ESPN and see that is almost somewhat lessened because I don't, I love sports and I don't even have base cable with ESPN. Now, I know that's... That's a weird thing for some people, but like in our household, we just do all the apps and stuff. We don't have traditional TV. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people do that more nowadays, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, that that thing I thought of the TV thing might as as cool as that be. There's money in TV. That's the weird thing. I so this is tangential. I'll keep it quick. I learned about this because I was following like uh, baseball because I think baseball is kind of boring. Now, when I grew up. I love sports, and I, I love the Braves and all this stuff. When I grew up, I was really good at baseball, but I hated it. It was a weird thing. I was, like, so fucking good at baseball, but I just hated playing it. Um, so I stopped. <laughs> but my dad got real pissed off at me because I was, like, making all these MVP teams and stuff, and I was like, I don't enjoy it. I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, but I was fascinated because I found out that the way TV contracts work in places like, let's say, Anaheim, where they have the Anaheim Angels, right? Nobody in the world gives a fuck. but there are TV stations, local TV stations in Anaheim that just need to fill three hours, 150 days out of the year. So they sign this big, massive TV contract. That's it's incredible amounts of money, and that's how these clubs uh, and baseball get this revenue. But 90% of the of the country in the world could give a shit, right? It's just it's just for like those people in big cities that just turn on local cable for 3 hours in the day or hey there's a game on in the background or whatever. There's this whole like important TV contract infrastructure that I don't really ever think about and it blows my mind, but it's very lucrative for those teams. And uh I just thought that was weird cuz I was always imagining like how the fuck do these Baseball players and these teams get all this money. Nobody I know gives a shit about baseball. The ratings on television are, are like stuff. They're compared to basketball and football are are you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say less than because that's too. They're they're like the third or the fourth uh, biggest sport right now, generally speaking. Uh, and soccer's growing, so I'm just like, where the fuck is this money coming from? But there's these TV contracts that people don't think about. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be, it'd be weird. Anyways, that's just a tangent thing. I just thought it was. I thought it was strange that baseball is making that much money because who the fuck watches ba- do you watch baseball samuel oh absolutely not but um okay. <laughs> no during during work i know the people i work with have to cut a lot of baseball footage and it's just one of those things where i have to go through and make sure that everything is on the up and up with their edits and stuff and oh my god 
There's so much fucking baseball. And I don't know who's watching it, but there's That's a lot of it. Who the fuck is watching baseball? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't, I don't I'm know. Not. Like, I love sports and I can't. I cannot. You can pay me money to sit down and watch a baseball game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened. You know, you know, that's funny. Like, uh, I, there's a co-worker that I caught watching a YouTube video on their lunch break. And it was a commentary by some YouTuber on uh, coverage of games that pl- were played. And it was interesting that he was watching this one where um, essentially, you know, whenever the, the baseball team's coach gets up in the face of the umpire and starts cussing him out. You never hear that stuff. But I guess this guy was uh, reading his lips or whatever, and he was saying pervadum, like everything that was coming out of the baseball coach's mouth and um, out of the umpire's mouth. And like it made it a lot more interesting to actually hear the conversations, you know, that uh, these heated, uh, you know, uh, conversations that they have uh, whenever, you know, a uh, baseball coach uh, doesn't agree with a call from the umpire. Um, so you're saying so you, do, you like, don't like baseball, you just like them screaming at each other. You like, <laughs> you like Well, well it, it brought to light like something that I never thought about, you know? Like, as a kid, whenever I did watch baseball, like, mm-hmm. um, like I would see those, those little spats and those bouts, but uh, I wouldn't think much of it because there was really no context other than like, oh, the coach doesn't agree with the call that the umpire made. But actually, you know, getting these uh, cool, like, camera shots of the coach and him yelling, so, screaming so what you're profanities saying and everything. So we need, like, the XFL, but for baseball. Just mic everybody, and, yeah. and, and that'll, that'll fix it. Well, that stuff I is... don't know. It's, it's yeah. kind of a niche thing as far as, like, it just makes something, like, a little bit more interesting. Like, if you didn't catch the game, but something kind of big happens in the game, but you follow that team... Like, seeing, like, a little clip like that would probably be a nice way to kind of get the gist of what happened in that game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why those bad lip-reading videos blew up for, like, the NFL, because they just they just get those NFL players saying stuff, and then they just right. mute it and then say whatever, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different layers. I like the idea that you were just snooping on some employee's YouTube while you were on your lunch break, too. Wait, what you watching over there, buddy? Yeah, I snooped hard <laughs> on it. That's how you get then in. He, then he explained what it was, and I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was kind of fascinated. Kind of fascinated. Partially fascinated. Not fully fascinated. No, not quite. But still getting there. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> um, JFan, this is the last one. Jay Fantastic said, sort of on level with what the MLS is now legitimate, but still not at the top. Now, I think that's an interesting comment because the MLS, people that don't know, is like the soccer, the. Major League Soccer, it's in the United States right now, uh, and it is not, like, the premier version of soccer. A lot of big-time soccer players go to the MLS when they're sort of at the twilight of their career. Like, David Beckham came here toward the end of his career. Um, like, it's sort of... And they're still good players, especially by comparison, but it's not the premier thing. And yet, it is still a very... It's a flourishing league, so... Um, for people, that might be a weird thing. If you don't know anything about the MLS, that metaphor might be a little lost on you, and I, I don't want to bore you to tears, but I think that's a good way. Go ahead, Josh. Were you going to say something, Josh? No, it's, it's, yeah, it is, it is kind of, it is, it's a strange league. It's for people who aren't good enough for club ball in Europe or for, you know, the women's league in the States is, is what happens to, that's, that's where they yeah, end up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for everyone who left a comment. I just wanted to grab a couple, try and make it feel a little more special there. And that was a lot of fun. Then we have some other topics to get to here um, before our uh, good friend Samuel here leaves us in about half an hour or so. Um, a couple other poll topics I wanted to get to. This is a nice segue. I know you guys always laugh at me. And I did this last week, but this is the refreshing sound of a LaCroix. Um, Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> which Ugh. I have been drinking a lot. Look, they're not great. I understand that. I'm not going to defend the quality of, of the beverage. Um, but I, I drink them now, like, I drink three or four of these a day because... Yeah. Uh, I, I think water tastes gross. Because the sink is broken. Seriously, I, it's a weird problem. I just don't like the taste of water. Do you like the taste of water, Samuel? How do you feel about water? Uh, only that, only that, uh, that nice metallic uh, water where it's out of like a really old tap and you drink it and it's like, I'm this sound that kind of got that nice copper taste to it. Oh, yeah, only yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it's really kinda good Kind of bloody. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Rusty. Copper yeah. with a Like a this water fountain lost a fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, well, yeah I prefer tetanus that. Tetanus flavor, yeah. Tetanus LaCroix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you mean LaCroix? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, anyways, I, I've been drinking it a lot, but I don't, I'm not, this isn't a LaCroix thing. I could give a shit about it. I'm just trying to improve my diet a little bit. But I had this funny epiphany that perhaps LaCroix might taste like the legendary bathwater that was sold by a one Instagram model, Bella Delphine. Um, now, here's the thing I want to say about this. I know a lot of people think this is a silly thing. I know you're pretty locked in the news, Samuel, so I'm sure you heard about the bathwater thing. Absolutely. Um, how about this? Before I launch into this, what's your take on the whole bathwater thing? Do you have anything at all? Do you have an opinion on that? Hey, the Did way you that purchase I... any? Absolutely not. No. I, that's, that's disgusting, and anybody that purchased the bathwater is kind of... I don't. You should try, probably get some kind of mental capacity mm. check. Uh, mm. But at the same time... If there's a market and you have a product that can fulfill the need in this market, make your money. You know what I'm saying? If I can do something as simple as selling my bath water and pay my rent next month, I'll take eight baths a day and package that shit up and ship it around the world. I don't <laughs> no, care. Right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, if you're making money and you're happy with making money, by all means, more power to you. I find it disgusting. But hey, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it is a little bit. But here's, here's the thing I think is interesting about it is because there's a cleverness to it that I think separated her from a lot of the um gamer instagram models out there but that that's pretty clever right the the whole joke of i would drink your back what how does the old phrase go that, that people say i would the lick your back phrase back yeah i'm sure it was an old that, no that's a real thing that the phrase i would drink your back i'm not crazy here right come on back me no, up somebody you're, you're generally yes yes you are okay okay oh well i am <laughs> i have come on am i might <laughs> The term where someone would say, oh, I would drink their bathwater. You guys have never heard that before? I have never said that before in my life. Oh, man. I'm telling you that's a thing. I, I think we just, it. I think we're just in different circles, and, and, your, and your lingo is just like, you're over there drinking bathwater, <laughs> and then I'm looking at you drink bathwater. <laughs> well, as we learned from our intros, me and Fish were in a very weird circle um, that, <laughs> that I don't want to get into right now. But anyways, I just thought it was super clever, and they sold out immediately, so I just think that stuff's fun. Uh, like you said, make your money, yeah. um, even though it turned into sort of a weirdly like hateful kind of thing. But we were talking about LaCroix a lot last week, and I was laughing because of all the jokes that came in about LaCroix. And I was like, well, maybe her bathwater kind of tastes like LaCroix. Anyways, our audience was split. Some of them took it way too seriously. 51% of our audience said, 51% um, of our audience said no. 
LaCroix does not taste like your passport. But it was split. So I hope people got the joke. I mean, I feel like some people were way too serious about it. Some people were messaging me like, fuck no, it tastes like... I, was like, I don't want to repeat it. It was bad stuff. So come on, cut, cut, cut the girl break. You know, she's, yeah. she's playing with the joke. If there's <laughs> the fact that it's sold out almost immediately, I think says a lot about um, the novelty. And so all those people that bought the water and drank it on YouTube, like fish, um, it's commendable of you. Uh, and I, I do respect it. Can we back up a minute? Did you say somebody bought it and drank it? Mm-hmm. There's, There's a, a lot of videos that you can find of people uh, drinking the bathwater. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was not aware. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah. bad. I'm, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, it goes even deeper. There were people complaining that they searched the water for DNA and it wasn't there and they wanted a refund. That's how weird and insane people Oh, God, that's yeah. sick. Oh, they were shit. disappointed it didn't have DNA in it. Well, that's where the flavor comes from. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's just a joke, man. Just <laughs> give her the money and just laugh at the joke. For yeah, no, that's, that's gross. Okay, continue. Anyways, um, LaCroix. Hopefully to be a sponsor of the, sh- the show soon. <laughs> after, that, after that, probably. I don't see why yeah. not. Yeah. How could they not? Um, we kind of joked about this earlier, but there's a, there was a big controversy because uh, that hero character was released uh, from for Super Smash Brothers from, of course, the Dragon Quest series. And it was pretty controversial because that character is very unique. Uh, some random one-hit kill kind of things. Well, I, would, I shouldn't say it's random. It has the capacity for one-hit kills, which in Smash is pretty rare. I can't think of any other character that can just take you from zero to death josh unless i'm forgetting something um there are several that can trade but none of them that just instantly kill you like that yeah so i asked our audience i said hey is hero ruining smash right now with its uh one hit kills and just in general actually surprised josh 60 percent of the audience said no hero is not ruining smash mm-hmm. um which i thought was interesting I played a lot of Hero this week. I will, not me. I played against a lot of heroes, and I was not Hero. Um, and I gotta say that, generally speaking, it was fine. I had some good battles. The one-hit-kill things, I do think are a problem, Josh. I know you mentioned this last week. There were matches I was in where the only reason it was close was because they... And maybe there's a better way for me as a player to guard around them, but like there was this one where well, they know, like turned... Don't walk into the fireballs. That's kind of... Well, there was no, there was other ones they were doing. Like one of them was like weird. They like turned a stone, and I didn't understand what was going on. And like I touched him or something, and then all of a sudden I was like dead. Have you seen that one? Where they like petrify you or whatever? Yeah. There, there's there's a bunch of weird. There was another one too that was not the fireball. The fireball was not that big of a deal, believe it or not, for me. Uh-huh. Um. So I thought they were weird. I thought it was a little like you said. You felt like it was a bit too random. Um. You still stand by that opinion, or I don't like the. It's they've got a lot of random hits in the game, um, stuff like Game and Watch pulling out random attacks whenever he does mm-hmm. one of his specials. They've they've got a lot of stuff like that. Stuff like uh, Peach very very rarely being able to pull, um, you know, different turnups that will do way more damage and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so they, they've always had stuff like that in there and this really isn't a lot different than that because you can see what the enemy is choosing from their spell list whenever they're doing it 
and also they're stuck standing perfectly still while they do it. So it's random what they get, but you can see what they're getting before they even do it. It's not like mm-hmm. it'll surprise you like some of the other ones can. But are they all defend? They're all defendable against like if yeah, like once you learn, okay, yeah, like nothing there should kill you. The only the only time that could happen is if you got in like a shield break situation and you were just stunned for long enough for them to go through the list, pick exactly what they wanted, and then use an auto kill on you. Um, that's that's like the only situation. And if you're already in that position, you're probably gonna die anyway. So it's it's not a huge deal. I'm not a big fan of the characters that have that randomness in the first place, though. Um, so it's it's not ruining the game. It's not really any harsher than what a lot of other characters already have. But I'm just not a big fan of that design for the characters that already had it. Um, I like the ones that are more predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff I heard people tweeting about and stuff, yeah, it's it's overblown. I just felt, for me, I was like, I had a good lead in these matches. And, and there are probably things you have to learn against, like when you first fight against opponents. The tough thing about Smash is you have to play it a lot because there's so many characters. Mm-hmm. That you sort of have to learn what you're going up against. And I was just caught off guard by some of those moves, and I was like dropping these big leads. So then it was basically like one all, and then it was close enough to where I'm like, well, I feel like I only really died once. Maybe, and I, and I was getting really frustrated, but I assume you learn how to combat that stuff over time. So, yeah. but there's people out there that are getting really good with Hero, and they're, I'm telling you, those people are the scary ones because they're finding, I mean, it's a, it's a good character, and they're finding really good yeah, ways well, to. <laughs> The the randomness is not good, because like I said, you're locked in place whenever you use it. It's it's not even a good option, nine times out of ten, more more often than that. But the rest of his kit is still really strong anyway. Just He's, he's yeah, a well, pretty he's fast sword character already, so... Well, the smart yeah. people were using it against me when I was in places where I was nowhere near them. Like, if they, were, if they hit me off the, the ledge... The good while thing was... about it is... A few of the a few of the options on there are just buffs. They're just straight buffs. Like you can power up your attacks or make yourself faster. Uh, so if you knock someone away and have time, you can just you know use the move a couple times until you get one of the self buffs that you actually want, and then cast that. At which mm-hmm. point you are so much stronger than everyone else that it's 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 really hard to play against them at that point. And that is something I'm not really sold on either. Because, again, it's, it's random. Like, you sh- if, if it was a main mechanic of the character, that's fine. Because there are a bunch of characters that do that already with, like, We Fit Trainer and... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? From... Uh, I'm forgetting what's it, but anyway. It? Um, there's, there's a lot. Well, yeah, the, there, the, there are a few the, of them the that will just, like, almost reminds me of so. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds me of that other character from Xeno Saga. Yeah. That um, that kind of can change his different mm-hmm. play styles. It's almost like RPG style. It's kind of based around. It's I will say this. It's a cool idea for a character, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes you know maybe that. I wonder if they'll tweak it and buff him. Yeah, a little bit. like I'd 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 rather them just. I don't think they're gonna cut tons and tons of content in order to do this, but I'd rather have the menu just have, like, five things, and you can pick one of those five things, and there's just no randomness to it, so it's something you can play around. Uh, and, you know, this happens every time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah, well, that's I, I saw this headline. It might have been Kotaku, but don't quote me, but I thought it was a perfect way of describing it. They said, his power is chaos. And if you, if you, you can sort of embrace the chaos and the luck a little bit and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe Fish whips him out and gets one of those one-hit kills on me and he's, ends his Ganondorf problem forever. You never know. Just like that. Boom. Mm-hmm. Is he is he part of the the game pass on there? Yeah, the first, the first fighter pass has got the, the first DLC. three yeah. DLC characters and then uh and stages. So Yeah. Well the, the first the first three so far. And... Um and then uh I think it's supposed right. to have Well actually I don't think they're counting I'm not sure if they're counting Piranha Plant in that list. Uh, yeah, but yeah, because um, he was a pre order bonus. Because he was a pre order yeah. thing, but um so the first two of five is not counting Piranha Plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fish, you might pass. like the Persona character because he's mm-hmm. pretty fun to play with. Yeah, so Who knows? Mm-hmm. There's a Ganondorf killer out there somewhere for you, big guy. Mm-hmm. I believe. Somewhere. Um, Josh, did you? I did a poll on Tenchu, but if you didn't have time to jump into it yet, then I will just... For some reason, Josh ordered Tenchu Stealth Assassins for the PS1 randomly. Um, which also, if people don't know this, Sekiro uh, started off as sort of a Tenchu su- uh, successor, I believe, before it morphed into Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've not gotten around to playing Tenchu yet since since way back in the day when I first played it. But uh, you know. I owned the game way back when, and then at some point traded it in because that was the thing to do back in the day, and realized I really needed a copy of that in my life. So I, I went ahead and bought a copy of it so I could play through it again. But it's uh, it was an interesting one because it was one of the first like ninja games to actually do stealth as a mechanic. So many of the other ones were just action games or or some other variety on that, and this was this one was kind of. They used the 3D and the, the genre in order to actually make a ninja game where you're sneaking mm-hmm. around, and it was, it was good. It was really good. Wait, ninjas so, sneak around? Get mm-hmm. out of here. Yeah. That's weird. Nobody knew. It. It was, All the ninjas mm-hmm. I've seen are buff, and they kick ass. Mm-hmm. Strange. Um, did, you, uh, did you have PS1 in your childhood, Sir Samuel? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my first uh, big flagship console that I really had because I had a Game Boy Color starting out. That was my first thing. And then as time progressed, my parents were like, well, this is becoming a problem. So then they bought me a PS1. Um, (laughs) And then I just continuously graduated from there with a PS2. And then now, you know, you know how it goes. So, yeah. yeah. PS, PlayStation for life, except for next generation where Xbox takes over. That's what you said. I dabble, um, <laughs> I dabble in a little bit of everything, but I mean, that's pretty much the gist. No, I'm just kidding. But. Uh, let's see. So yeah, I miss Tenchu myself, but I just think it's funny because it says right across the top, Stealth Assassins. They have to tell you it's stealth because you might be under the impression mm-hmm. that it's not. Well, nothing else was it. at the time. You saw a ninja no. game and, yeah, you think action I, title for some reason. It it got more yeah. comparisons to, like, Metal Gear Solid at the time mm-hmm. because it was <laughs> stealth espionage. No, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. Stealth espionage action. Yeah, it was cool because it was one of the first ones, like I mentioned this before, that was using actually using 3D as well, where you could like zip yeah. around and climb buildings and stuff and drop. Well, you could like on leave people. like a bowl of you could leave like a bowl of rice for a guard or something like that and distract and weird stuff like that, right? Like, it was kind of mm-hmm. it was quirky, if I remember. Yeah, right, it was it was weird and way more 
kind of simulation driven than a lot of the games at the time. Mm-hmm. It was, but fun. It was rough. It was yeah. a B game. It was a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can be an A game in your heart, but objectively, it was probably considered a a B game. I would say, my recollection of it, kind of in the eighty percentile review wise, kind of a thing. I don't know. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I know these things, Josh. I'll find it out. Sure, you do. <laughs> I do, dude. I I was like the nerd who had all those magazines, and I would just like pour over the the review scores for like every PlayStation game every night before I went to bed. Um. That's so why I never had sex for a long mm. time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, maybe Josh will have some on that down the road. If you could go, if you could order one game, Samuel, to rekindle your PlayStation memories, because we all know the PlayStation Classic was a joke, and they're giving those things away now. Um, they're giving the. I saw I saw a hobo using one as a pillow the other day. Uh, <laughs> uh, what would you? What would it be? Uh, for the P- PlayStation One. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um... Does it count if I did it? Because, <laughs> uh, like, if I actually went back and ordered this? Of course, yeah. Yeah, no, I um, I went back and I found a lot of games, like a bundle on eBay, and it was every Tony Hawk game ever mm. released on PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. And so going back, if I had to choose one, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is what I consider to be the pinnacle of the series. And my God, that's my childhood in one little oh, case. Oh, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so one. just going back and getting that, diving back into, oh, God, it was euphoric. Holy shit, love it. I, I can still hear that Papa Roach song now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The soundtrack shaped my entire music taste to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one, yeah. Really enough, I think I played more Tony Hawk 3, but that was just because I had a PS3 and... Like, when you were a kid, you know, you play one game for 100,000 hours. Um, yeah. Those are great. Man, those were good games. It's weird that Tony Hawk isn't a thing anymore. That's so Well, he's strange. an old man. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean. well, but, but Madden has still found a way to live on, you know what I mean? And he's not even a commentator anymore uh, for anything, so... That time between 1990 and 2006, though, that skateboard culture Renaissance, yeah. blew up it blew up right there and so that's like a little snapshot in time where you had a very specific moment where you go after that skateboarding audience with your games but like if you release a skateboarding game in 2019 everybody's focused on Fortnite, and it's not going to do well that's just the nature well, of it so i was actually it's funny you mentioned that i was talking to someone about the culture of skateboarding now because i have no idea what it's like when i like you were saying during the renaissance like I actually, I was feeling nostalgic, and this people are listening might not get this, but I went to CCS.com the other day, because it was like this website where you go to and order skateboard parts, and I I went there, and I was like, I feel like I was a kid, me and my friend used to have these little CCS magazines, and we would build skateboards every couple months for $100, and with your different parts, and we'd skate everywhere, you know, but like now, I have no idea, like, other than like, seeing that there's still like longboarding and stuff in California, I don't know if the skateboarding renaissance is still like a thing it doesn't feel it doesn't feel culturally the same right yeah i think it's gone more professional it's less about you know smoking a bowl and hitting the half pipe than it is about trying to get into the x games and being the best you can possibly be i think it's just changed but that's just my two cents yeah yeah we have a skate park around here but i get scared when i go there i'm just (laughs) i feel so (laughs) i feel so out of the loop around all the skater kids it's just like a whole weird world Fiona might look at you and break your leg (laughs) <laughs> i'll break my own leg i that's all I, I don't i don't need help with that josh i i got that covered 
Uh, by the way, Tenchu, 84.26 on game rankings. Yeah. That would be a B. Let's just say a B. Or, uh, as I would say, 84, mm. right? A B. Yeah. All right, so um, thought that was interesting, Josh. The control. So this is weird. Hype for Control from Remedy Games drops later this month. This is a game that's starting to get a lot more buzz now. So Remedy Games, for people that don't know, they made um, Alan Wake. Um, and that was a long time ago. Um, but that's sort of like their biggest claim to fame right now. Control is a big first-party PS4 title that's dropping at the end of the month that has been getting a lot of actually really good buzz from like the visual... like. People who are playing this on PS... I'm sorry, it's not. It's also on PC. I was wrong about that. The PC specs for people that were messaging me about what you need to run this thing on PC are fucking crazy. Like, I, I have to get those and run them by you, Josh, because you know a lot more about that than I do. Do you, How much do you guys know about uh, Control? Because the hype from our audience was about at a 70 for that game. Hmm. Um, do you feel like this game's a little too under the radar? How are you guys feeling about it? uh in my opinion i'm pretty excited for it i know the specs you were talking about actually were updated it's not as crazy as it looked uh they've since come out and it's like it's pretty in the middle of the range actually they were just kind of like blowing it out of proportion accidentally post recommended and instead of it was something something like that where it was like you look at it and it's like i'm going to need to upgrade my entire pc to run control but no it's it's not nearly that bad (laughs) but like i'm pretty excited for it it looks really good um i think that it's just coming out at a strange time but it's coming out at the best time that it could in 2019 so Hmm. i don't know i'm more interested in remedy potentially being bought by sony that's what i'm paying attention to so that could be exciting especially if it takes off they would you know right so yeah because remedy is pretty in the sony field as far as what they expect from their games Mm-hmm. They, yeah you're right and it says controls graphics card melting specs have been lowered so you're okay well that's good lowered them yeah. um i, I yeah, think that... they may have accidentally posted recommended because that, that <laughs> does like yeah that. that does happen every now and then and you're like oh so so i'm in, yeah i need a card made yesterday to play this today yep. <sighs> it's i'm interested in it because even though it might be a game that i rent from like Redbox for like a week or whatever it's uh like a lot of those first party playstation games are for me just because they're usually like six to seven hours or, like very cinematic things i do the that, same thing very uncanny valley quality from the visuals because they're so good like the character animations um female protagonists which i always love to see you know thinking of like uh horizon and stuff like that um yeah it it looks really cool and almost metroid sort of kind of style exploration from what i've heard um from the way you're sort of like navigating this this crazy weird building sort of fbi undercover sort of secret stuff going on I know it sounds kind of generic, but I just encourage people to go check out anything they can on it because it looks interesting. It really does. Yeah, for sure. Do you know the story behind it? Like, are you caught up on what's going on? No. Tell me everything you know. I don't. So I'm trying not to go into it with like a level of expectation. I'm doing exactly what you said, where I'm going to be getting it at Redbox on day one um, because like I'm not rich. You know, I can't go buy $60 games every other week. Um, but basically, it's a specific section of the government that deals with stuff that shouldn't be possible. And so that's where the okay. entire thing takes place. So it's kind of like an X-Files setup where you've just okay. got stuff that shouldn't make sense and then you've got to figure out how to deal with it. Um, and that's really cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. That is it. So like when you say, give me an example of something they would be experimenting on somebody or, or doing that would be um, 
Do you have a specific example or did I just trap you there? Like I said, I don't really like I'm trying not I'm trying not to get like super into the game, like tuned into it. But this is just what I've heard on the on like the the outlets and the, the podcast that I listen to is just like that's the idea. So it's like if, you know, something like if this probably doesn't happen, but just as a generic example, uh, a whale ends up in the middle of the forest and there's no reason why a whale should be in the middle of the forest. It's like, how the mm-hmm. fuck did this get there? That's a control problem. And mm-hmm. then you find out how the whale got there and it's like some kind of supernatural being that you've got to shoot or whatever. Well, that's the thing I was w- wondering because it, I thought, and maybe it does, but this the whole game seems to sound like it takes place in this one building though, right? Again, so, like I, I don't keep up with it, but I think that's pretty accurate. It doesn't, it's yeah, not an open yeah. world thing. It's like a specific yeah. government agency. Okay. It's it seems really cool. I watched like the first fifteen minutes of it and I was just impressed by the the voice acting and, and the quality of it overall. So that oh, yeah. sounds really cool. So X Files Z, like you say. Yep. Um minus the whole, you know, David Dakovany sex addiction thing. Um but control, yeah, I put it on your <laughs> sorry. I don't for some reason when I think of X Files, I always think of that like and sex you know, it any sort of addiction I believe is very serious. It's not a joke about that. I just it's a very Unique sort of thing to, to happen to. Um, um, how about, uh, let's see here. Last poll. Man, we are just plowing through these. Um, we hit everything that I'm seeing here. I, w- I do want to say that if you're enjoying what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. And you can support us for a dollar. Or if you use $5, you actually get access to a top secret Instagram page, the Filipino Johnny Depp. Inside jokes, secret videos. Basically, it's like a parallel um, thing for the show to make the show. If you're a fan of the show, it makes it more fun, more interesting. And Skypes, we do Skypes for like $20 a month. And we've been doing a lot of those. And it's like super fun to meet people, uh, much like we met you today. Uh, Samuel, for free, unfortunately. So he kind of ripped us off. Thank you. I mean, uh, that's what I do, man. That's what I do. Anyways, uh, last poll question. And then actually, we'll probably be able to kind of wrap up the show a little bit, get you out of here. Um, is Fire Emblem, is this your first Fire Emblem game? Are you losing your Fire Emblem virginity? Uh, about 40% of our audience said yes. Um, now you might look at that poll and think, wow, that's a little bit low, but that's actually pretty significant. 40% of people who are trying this for the first time is, is pretty big. You know, Fire Emblem is a tactical franch- franchise, tactical RPG franchise. These games are not generally very popular in the west or even at all they're more of a, a niche thing so samuel do you get into any other i asked you about this i was asking about doom and fire emblem you're like having a doom fire emblem no i don't know yeah. anything about that um, yeah i mean like like i said you know i don't play every game that comes out and i try and play as much as i possibly can but at the same time whenever i look at fire emblem specifically this one that just came out again i don't have a switch i don't plan on playing it in my mind it's a lot like monster hunter world where a lot of people are diving in for the first time into a franchise that's normally pretty closed off. Like, normally people pretty much stick to their, you know, usual tendencies and they play the games that they're comfortable with. But maybe it's because of the Switch, maybe it's because of changing tendencies for people, but it just seems like a lot of people are diving into this game for the first time. And that's really cool because it propels a franchise forward instead of allowing it to die as people move on from gaming or as they grow out of it or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good way of uh, describing it. It was kind of on the downswing at, because it was gaining momentum in America with Awakening, which was the first one on the 3DS, and um, Fates and Conquest, which is sort of like a Pokemon thing. It was like you could get two versions of the game that were 
different sides of the story, uh, and one was like a lot harder than the other. But then they came out with Shadows of Valencia for the, it was the last one of the 3DS, and it was just a weird remake of an older Fire Emblem game, and it didn't catch on. And you're like, where? What are they doing? And for me, it was kind of disappointing because I like the series, um, even though I'd never finished a Fire Emblem game, and I wasn't even interested in that one. And uh, yeah, this one, it's sort of like that one that's going to catch on, it seems like. And they do a lot of smart things. Like we were joking about this last week, Samuel, people love to pick a house, right? People love to be part of a team. You know, like what side are you on? Are you a golden deer? Are you a black eagle? People love that shit. I love that shit. Um, and, And there's huge gameplay ramifications because each house, like even just starting a new game is just completely different. The people you play with, where the story goes, there's branching paths within that story. The cutscenes, there's these beautiful animated cutscenes, very different depending on which way you choose. It yeah. is, it is their opus. In fact, I'm worried now that I put 50 hours into it that the franchise can only go downhill from here. So, <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> I mean, what are you? What are they gonna do? If it gets better than this, I'm gonna have a real serious problem, um, in my life. But uh, it's cool. I so many chompers this week have messaged me that they're jumping into the the franchise. They've never played it, and they're really enjoying it. And I've been kind of helping them along because I've had a broken leg and I've been playing it so much, um, so I can kind of help guide them through it. But it's pretty user friendly, you know, as far as these games go. Like, have you ever been into like a tactical style game, uh, Samuel? Like, not Fire necessarily, but like Final Fantasy Tactics or Front Mission or anything like that. Or is that usually just out of your interest zone? I mean, when it comes to tactical stuff, like I played, um, I played a bit of, uh, what is it? Shit. Um, they are billions or something like that. Mm. Uh, it came out a couple of months back. I think about a year ago at this time or a year and a half. And it's essentially a giant zombie attack game where you have to set up your city and defend against these hordes that come through. Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to that kind of thing, like a tower defense, that's about as far as I get into it. Played a good bit of pixel junk hero monsters or pixel junk hero ultimate or something like that. Uh, but I'm generally not a big tactical guy, but I mean, I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I, I would say this, and that doesn't really apply to you until you have a Switch one day. Um, how do you feel about anime? You can be honest if you hate it. I mean, I'm one of those guys where it's like, I like Spirited Away, but outside of that, <laughs> where it's just like, I don't really watch anything else aside from that specific anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one yeah. to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, Oh, I like I, that one and uh, and uh, and her name or or your name or whatever it is the yeah. the other one that came out recently. That's a good that's a good shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good. You're right. Uh, so what I would say to you and other people listening is, I felt I loved anime as a kid, but as I got older, now, and that's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I grew out of anime. I know it sounds that way. I don't feel that way. I just like it does does doesn't connect with me as much for some reason now as it. But when I was a kid, I would anime all the time right so i have a soft spot in my heart for that and the stories in these games have generally been pretty cheesy pretty bad this one is anime and at times it's anime in a charming cute way but the story is it's very good it's very coherent logical kind of a story some really good twists and i was blown away because i am not the kind of guy who defend that shit and now that i put 50 hours into it and finished it like there was moments where i had to put down my switch i was like what is going on and like having to like kill people that were so vital to me in the second part of the game and, and characters that I knew. And, and it's very, like, let's put it this way. The first cutscene in the game is, is a woman stabbing some guy to death on the battlefield, like just mercilessly stabbing him to death. Like it's, they went for that sort of tone. Um, yeah. And I, I would say this to anyone, this is a very good game to get into because the normal difficulty is not incredibly challenging. They did some really smart things 
to Josh is playing it on hard like I am now and he claims that it's not too challenging but Josh is a different kind of human being you have to understand that um he <laughs> he, he he I don't know what's wrong with him he just doesn't find games challenging very often um well, not I told him he needs games but anyway well the weird thing is Josh starting it on hard is there's some big differences I've noticed like the enemies actually come at you aggressively or like mm-hmm. on normal you can end a turn and they'll just stand there waiting for you to approach them because it's easier, right? Mm. And I know I know that seems strange, but on hard, the enemies actually come at you aggressively, which is weird. Uh, I wasn't aware they toned it down that much on normal. You would be bored out of your mind on normal. I wasn't, but, and most people I've talked to are not because these games are not super, these are more niche kind of games. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I would recommend you play the normal, but it's, it's night and day. Like, I died twice on the first mission on hard. I didn't die at all until the end of the game on normal. So like, it's like, it's, and Josh told me it was easy. So I died on the first battle. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you, Josh, you lying son of a bitch. But, um, it's, it's, there's so much depth. It's so good. I, I, if these games are, they seem very niche and kind of impenetrable for people. I was talking to this guy at GameStop today and he was telling me that he was worried about trying it, even though hearing good things, cause he was afraid of the what this series has sort of built up as being kind of impenetrable and that's that's not the case with this one at all it's very there are smart things they do gameplays wise to make it very accessible for people um like being able to rewind turns you can literally go back to a specific turn in the battle where you fucked up and just do it differently just do it differently so i i'll probably wait to talk more about that next week because fish and josh didn't have a lot of time to play it shay's gonna get it um on his switch and then I don't want to blab on about it too much, but I will say this. It's easily in my top 500 games of all time. Uh, oh. <laughs> really getting up there. I yeah. mean, it's for sure making my top 1,000. Um, I know probably top 200. You know, no, no, I, I really love it. I don't like to, you know, it's hard to put these things in perspective because you're still in the moment. So I don't like to, you know, go over the top. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. I, and I had a broken leg, so I couldn't do a lot. Right. Um, but I just, I just really loved everything about it, and I'm going through it on hard, and I still love it. So, but No Man's Sky is gonna come out next week, and it's gonna break me of that addiction mm. because I'll be in VR probably. Um, but yeah, so I hope people are enjoying it out there. It's selling a lot, and it's clicking with people, and it is really, really good. And and the good thing is, did you ever play Into the Breach on PC, uh, Samuel? No, I didn't. I love the art style of it. I've watched some of it, but it's one of those things where I just needed to dive back into. I think I have it, um, but it looks really good. I you never tried it though. No. I I will say this, and I will say this is in as our a group here. That was our game of the year, right? Last year. Um, and if you have any love for us at all, if there's anything you ever try, just play that game. You might not love it as much as we do, but yeah. that game is so good like everyone we all have very a variety of different tastes we fought about god of war and red dead and all this stuff but that game into the breach our listeners as well we all loved it so yeah yeah no i'll definitely give it a look um uh, is it on this it's on the switch i would uh, assume I think it's, it's on, on the switch and point. pc yeah okay cool yeah i'll have to give it a look i'll put it on the list i think i got a copy of it from like a humble bundle or one of those weird like things you buy whenever they're on sale mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's been on my list for a while i'll definitely dive into it because i'm kind of like looking to fill the void between now and the plethora of games coming in the next four to six weeks it's good if you love the art style you're already farther oh, yeah. ahead than i was so <laughs> um and, and there's an easy mode 
that I recommend first because you can learn how to play the game. It's a roguelike kind of game where you die and you have to start over. So yeah. if you play it on easy, you can kind of get a feel for it. And um, it's great shit. Anyway, so Into the Breach, Fire Emblem. Those are like my two favorite of these tactical games. But um, it was our game of the year last year. So anyways, it, I want, it's been a, a super fun show. Uh, Samuel, they, where can people find? I know I highlighted at the beginning, but where can people find all of your hard work? Uh, basically, you can find pretty much everything I do on youtube.com slash Media. but it's best just to follow me on Twitter at PrettyChillGuy to just keep up to date with the streams and the podcast and the videos and everything that I pump out because there's always tons of new stuff that I'm working on. But yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Glad we could finally get you on the show. Yes, sir. Uh, uh I can't see Fish in my webcam anymore. Did you? Did he die? Did he just? Are you there, Fish? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, just his okay. videos. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. So quiet. Um, fish is very quiet today. Sense. Fish, you're so yeah. quiet. Uh, next week, Fish is going to be very loud. He promises. He promised me he was going to play mm, lots of games. I did not make that promise. He's already promised. Don't count on that. <laughs> All right. So next week, Fish will also be quiet. Um, but if you, unless of course you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp and support us, Fish will be so overjoyed with your donation that he will just ramble on and on about video games in the next podcast. And of course we have in the blood is a podcast. I do where I interview composers in the industry, go check it out. And evoking the sublime, the podcast Shay does. He's not here this week. Be back next week. He's uh, it's English camp in Japan. Um, so it was a good week for Samuel to fill in. Of course. Um, glad to but, do it. Not to be confused. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, alright, so that's gonna do it for the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life to listen to it. And we'll be back next week with an all new Chomcast.